I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the Atwoods End Podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> no, it's not the same. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? I only show. Do you ever say idiot not in the Dwight Schrute voice? Salsa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Outwoods End podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs. And this week we are going shopping. We're diving into the world of material things, our own personal luxuries, shopping struggles and triumphs, and our takes on whether or not less is really more. But before we get into that, we just wanted to say hey to our new listeners. Our numbers have been slowly going up over the past few weeks. I'm not really sure why or how people are finding (laughs) us, but I was scrolling through our Spotify wrapped yesterday and I noticed that our podcast is in the top podcast for 25 of our listeners, which like may not seem huge, but it's pretty crazy to me. So just thank you to everyone who actually listens to us ramble twice a month into your headphones. Yeah. And it's, and the statistic is we're the number one podcast for 25 people on Spotify, which is thanks. (laughs) Yeah. That's like in my brain, that's like, I'm famous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Is this, is this how Billie Eilish feels when like everyone's all 25 of them. Yeah. <laughs> all Taylor Swift watching all the Spotify raps roll in after she released seven albums last I know. year. In, in five minutes, yeah. This is yeah. also our second last episode of this year. So Kim and I will be taking a little holiday break. And after our next episode, we'll see everyone in the new year, which I know is like the cringiest thing ever, but I don't hate it, actually. I just, see you next year. See you in 2022. Oh. <laughs> just yeah that's such a like dad thing it is it is and actually speaking of our next episode we're looking at you listeners we want to hear about your christmas and new year's eve fails so we'll keep it anonymous but if you have a story that will make us laugh or cringe or fall over laughing or you know be pain for you send us a message on instagram either on the podcast account at at wits end podcast or either of our personal accounts and i think this will be a good episode during the stresses of the holiday season to make everybody laugh i've i posted this morning on instagram and i have about six stories so far and, oh and God, i was amazing. supposed to be doing work but instead i was just snorting at my desk so i think i'm oh my God. enjoy yeah <laughs> yeah we'll link our personal accounts in the show notes too even though i'm fairly confident we like regularly say we'll link things in our show notes and then we never link things in our yeah, show so notes anything you've ever wanted linked then you know let us yeah know. that we've like promised but then just don't do yeah anyway stay tuned to whether we follow through on that but i can't <laughs> wait for that episode i feel like if we have a few of our own stories to share too so i'll be happy to end off the year with a chatty episode that's full of laughter and yeah. stuff and i think it's a good way to end the first season of this podcast i think so too too okay but let's get into the thick of it you know we both love shopping but do you consider yourself primarily an in-store shopper or an online shopper for sure an online shopper I'd say 90% of the things that I buy, I get online. I very rarely head to brick and mortar stores anymore just because shopping online is more convenient. You can do it from home. I feel like I can kind of like compare options a lot more easily versus having to make that decision when you're in a store before moving on to another store. I can find things that I truly love rather than buying things just because like, oh, it's convenient. I'm here. 
you know, I have these 20 options in front of me. I'm going to like buy this thing. However, I have two exceptions to that rule. And one of that is that I love like small town boutique shopping. When you go to like like a Stratford or like, yeah, or like a Port Perry kind of, I guess, like as Ontario examples, but like those little places where it's like more independent stores. I do love shopping in person in those places. And also I cannot buy pants online because (laughs) I am tall and I've ordered too many pairs of pants only for them to be floods. So like I do try and shop for like jeans and stuff in person only because like it's such less of a hassle if I don't have to like go and make returns and mail things back to places and stuff like that which is like super annoying more stores should make tall length pants but that is a rant for another day (laughs) Uh, what about you (laughs) I'm happy this turned into a full-on debate because I'm in store all the way I really need like an instant gratification when I'm buying something you know plus no size chart will ever have me 100% confident in what I'm buying between shipping costs and the god-awful you return processes like there's nothing in me that leans to online shopping for myself well I I do online shop that's not that I never online shop but I would probably prefer the brick and mortar store what are you a great grandma brick and mortar store (laughs) that's what they're called (laughs) I know but that's when when I worked in retail that's what like our very elderly managers and management would say (laughs) I'm an old soul okay (laughs) apparently and like for me shopping is a mood you know when I go shopping I, I do my shopping I'm comfortable I get what I what I want and then it's that post shop beverage and to me that just <laughs> seals the deal it's it's the apres the apres yeah. shop yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fair I mean I do like the experience of shopping in person I just find if I'm like okay I say this season's changing and I'm like okay I need a few more pieces for like winter if we're talking like fashion shopping I'm more likely to start looking around online than I am to be like, okay, where am I going to go? But I think a lot of that also has to do with certain stores that I shop at often, which we'll get into later, typically aren't like in a mall or something. So it's like a lot of traveling between stores to get to them. Mm -hmm. Anyways, what kind of shopper like would you consider yourself then? Do do you sit and wait to buy something or like how are you with impulse buying? Because I feel like I can be a bit of both, although I've worked really hard over the last, like, five or so (laughs) years to really move away from impulse buying. I feel like there was this mentality in university that you needed a new outfit every time you went out, especially because, like, Instagram and social media in general were, like, really on the rise when we were in school. Instagram really wasn't a thing when we started university. People had it. I know I had it, but no one used it. I don't think I had it it until the end of first year. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get it until summer of first year. Yeah. I had it in, like... I think grade 12 and my friends and I, I had my three friends on it and we would use it to basically just show pictures to each other. Like it was like our own little like private space, <laughs> which is so funny to think now because like Instagram's so different. Yeah. But anyways, I feel like that really made this mentality that like, you know, you needed pics every time you went out on like a Friday night. And then so the outfit repeating became like a real thing that people were like, oh, I need to buy new outfits every time I go out and borrow people's clothes and whatever. After university, I really looked back at my wardrobe and was like, I don't think I even like half this stuff. Like I really just felt like I needed it in the moment. And so today I try to be a little intentional with purposes, especially with fashion. And like, unless I see something and immediately fall in love with it and know that it's the most perfect thing for me, I sit with 
with it for a while and maybe like come back a few days later and like reassess if I'm still thinking about it and like whether I really need it. Outside of fashion, I will say I tend to be more thoughtful purchaser, like tech and stuff. Yeah. I will think it over more and wait for deals and like do my research. But with fashion, I have really tried to move away from that impulse buying. But like, how how are you with that? I mean, I want to say that I rarely impulse buy in real life. And that's actually where like my online shopping, I guess that's, that's a weakness I have with online shopping and not necessarily for clothing or for fashion, but for everything else, you know, sometimes those really stupid ass Instagram ads, they work and I'm like, well, it's going to be here in a few <laughs> days. Yippee. And <laughs> and for me, it's like online shopping. I don't have that same guilt associated. And that's where I can really impulse buy. Because when you impulse buy in a store, you have to watch yourself pay for it. You have to watch yourself walk out of it. You have to explain to your husband why you needed to get it. <laughs> Even though you had 15 other ones, you know. And so, I mean, like, for the most part, I'm very particular with what I'm bringing home and into my life. So the way that I kind of treat shopping in general is I have this like running list in my head and should I ever find something that's been on that list for a really long time that's when I'm bringing it home and I can just see Tilo's eyes rolling as I say this because you know this is not something that he necessarily understands for him he makes a list he goes he gets it I'm like no no I I want to find something that speaks to me that's art deco but minimalist (laughs) but modern but has a certain job to be you know and like it takes a long time to find those things and and so then it it's a really long drawn out process so for the most part it's it's very thought through if I find something that fits though then that then just see me run out of there with it but I mean okay so like what would you say you buy more than anything else like do you have a particular affinity to buy one thing overnight like knit sweaters or purses like what's your Achilles heel that you know you, you probably have a lot of them you don't need another one, but you know, what the heck? This one's so cute. What do you do? Co- your- it's coats. Coats. A hundred percent. I have an absolute problem with buying jackets and I have a million of them and I still find excuses. Like even literally last night I was going for dinner with one of my friends and I was like, I do not have the right coat for this. <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to pair it with wide leg like, jeans are really in right now. The, the top I wanted to wear that worked with the jeans didn't work with any of my coats and the right coat didn't work with it was just it was a whole thing I so I like I make these excuses I'm like oh for like for this occasion I don't have the right coat or I don't have something in this color and whatever and like my family has a pretty big front hall closet in like the entryway to our house it's one of those ones with like the sliding doors and right. it's three panels so like it's a pretty big closet genuinely half of it is my coats I wear them all. I refuse to get rid of them. (laughs) I tried to last winter. My mom was going through and she was like, look at your coats. My dad has a similar problem. Like he owns a million coats too. And she was like, both of you look at these coats and like get rid of some coats. And I got rid of one singular coat because I'm just like, I wear them all. And I, yeah, I can't stop. And every time I'm shopping, I'm like, oh, I love that coat. Like I say it all the time. I'm watching TV shows. I love their coats. Okay, so I, if I had to answer this, I'd say purses. I have a lot of purses. Like I have name brand purses and then I just have like cute purses because a purse makes a statement and probably shoes is up there. I end up having more shoes than I need. But now that I think of it, we literally have a closet filled with mostly my jackets in another room (laughs) (laughs) so i think i might be guilty of that one too (laughs) yeah the coat i feel like coats are just like similar to purses they're and shoes actually i feel like all three of those things the thing is is like you have your ones that you wear all the time and then i run into issues now where i'm like okay i have these like say black ankle boots i wear them constantly and i'm like they're getting a little worn they're not 
really ready to be thrown out or uh, like replaced necessarily, yeah. but I could do with a new pair. But I'm not going to get rid of the pair that aren't, they're not damaged. They're just kind of getting old. I feel like that's when you and donate. Like, yeah. When it's no, like that's still, true. still like pretty good, but just not serving you, you know? Yeah. No, it's very true. And like the, yeah, that's, that's my issue is then I'm like, well, I'll still wear them sometimes, but I could use a new pair. And then all of a sudden I have three pairs of black boots. But Okay. If you say someone gave you $5,000 okay. and was like, <laughs> you not, you're not allowed to spend it on like practical things like no bills no groceries no like you know diapers for hugo none of that <laughs> stuff what are you gonna spend it on Ooh, okay i'm out here manifesting that i can be irresponsible like that and that should uh happen to me let's manifest together <laughs> okay so i think probably my wardrobe or like super expensive entertaining accessories do i need a china set for labor day maybe I do I don't know and like as far as wardrobe goes I always have a really hard time like allotting a large chunk of funds to do kind of like a seasonal buy when I need to revamp a lot of things especially because I, I, I do my clothing by season so I, I swap out in my closets twice a year to three times a year and I just find that like making an impact and like refreshing my wardrobe is hard and so that would probably be it's just like doing like a I don't know, I go somewhere and just buy my entire summer wardrobe or my fall wardrobe, you know, something like that. And yeah. Yeah. That and like be. not feel guilty about those yeah, like, or like more really nice, expensive like, pieces. Yeah. Like I love glass. I love glassware. Like that's the other thing that I have way too many of is, is glasses. Like I could run a small bar out of my house because I have a glass for fucking everything, but I don't have them all. There's still ones that I'm missing yeah, yeah. So. especially when you get into like cocktails and stuff yeah, like that because there exactly. are so many like very specific glasses that, that go need. with certain you types need. of you drinks cannot. and it's like well if, you're, if i'm gonna serve this <laughs> drink then i'm gonna need the we like even? <laughs> yeah i'm like what? okay well, now tell me about like what's your like biggest struggle when it comes to shopping and buying stuff on like a general now let's go back to my pants comment because like that is like so it's so annoying i think now my biggest struggle is really I find that as my style has evolved and like I really like I know what colors look good on me I know what cuts look good on me and I've like really learned to like dress for my body type and stuff like that I find that I gravitate towards very similar things now and like a big struggle okay. for me is actually like stepping outside my comfort zone you know, I have my specific colors. I find that then I look in my closet and I'm like, wow, she really likes beige. Like she, <laughs> there was a lot, there's a lot of beige and there's a lot of like neutrals and browns and like yeah. those, you know, oranges and like those colors because I know what looks good on me and I know what I like. And I, when I see something I love, I know I love it. But then even going back to wide leg jeans are really in and I am re I have a pair they look good. Like, I like how they look. Yeah, they look I, good on you. I really struggle to wear them because I'm just, like, so... It is, like, a little bit outside my comfort zone. Right. And I'm not good at buying those things, even though objectively I see that I don't look weird in them. But in my brain, I do. Yeah, know? okay. That's so funny because, like, a couple, couple years ago, I, I was going through the same thing. And I was like, good, I have gray. What can we do with gray and cream? And so... I, I had that kind of same revelation where I was like, okay, no. And so when I started buying, I want to say like three or four years ago, then it became, let's just try it. Let's just, maybe it'll look good. Fashion? Paris? Okay, let's go. 
<laughs> so fashion week i think i think you'll be in able my bedroom to, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think you will be able to kind of start to mm-hmm. expand the beiges you know and 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 how you how yeah you love your beige so uh, what's yours what's your biggest like, i mean issue? i think this kind of goes back to the last question too but it's really this kind of building slowly and steadily i like to do it that way but i also very much struggle with that you know, when you don't have millions of dollars to work with, especially when it comes to clothing and fashion, you, you really need to have this this longevity and this kind of game planned in your mind. And I find sometimes I buy something because it's good for something specific or for that moment, but I'm not thinking long term and I'm not thinking about how this is going to incorporate with the rest of my closet and how long is it realistically going to last in like my favor. But I mean, mm-hmm. have you have you ever heard of like buy it nice or buy it twice? Like what are your thoughts on that? As in, like, buy for quality or you'll have to replace it down the road? Yeah, buy like, it. Like, yeah, spend the that, money on it. Or yeah. if you don't spend the money on it, you'll end up having to continue buying it. So there's You're like, going to spend the money because yeah. you're... Yeah. I mean, like, I absolutely agree with that. I think especially with clothes, but with anything, really. There are obviously... There are some exceptions to that where, like, you don't necessarily need expensive to find quality. But, like, I do think, especially knowing the damage that fast fashion does to, like, our environments with retailers, like, you know, like Zara and H&M, but, like, those aren't even the worst. Like, you know, their clothes you know, like can the last. They don't necessarily stuff, yeah. last forever. Yeah, it's the, like, Shan that it's, like, this whole other bag of problematic where there's, like, chemicals and just, like, it's a whole thing. Really tried to refocus my shopping on more sustainable brands. But buying clothes that fit, that I'm going to wear, that, yeah. like, you know, I feel look good on me and stuff, and then also buying sustainable and also being able to afford them can be challenging in its own right. And obviously, secondhand is an option, but I've really tried to strive for the, like, if I can't buy sustainable, I at least try and buy high quality yeah. so that I know they're going to last me years rather than that one vacation or the one party or like whatever the case may be. So I guess in my mind, I kind of apply the buy it nice or buy it twice logic, but in the more like mindful sense of whether something is the right fit for my needs now and long term, whether it's going to last. And then the bonus is like whether it was made sustainably just like because like I think that is a big part of that sustainability practice is people tend to go with like oh buy from good brands and like really fixate on that but I think like buy less is generally like the better way the to better go. logic like that is ultimately what's going to reduce your footprint the most and obviously if you can do that with mindful companies then like that is the best way to do it but yeah yeah did you actually see so Patagonia Put out this could have been our philomath but i have a fun philomath for us but patagonia uh took out an ad in the new york times on black friday uh, new york times is considered to be like the record newspaper just because they have substantial records going back so so long and the ad basically said don't shop on black friday <laughs> and it was this idea of can you repair something can you renew something can you mm-hmm. and it's a very interesting i think you have to be such a patagonia to to put out an ad like that like we're doing well don't buy from mm-hmm. us don't buy from anyone just keep keep using the patagonia stuff you already have you know and i and i like the intention but i was like mm, patagonia coming from you guys <laughs> you know yeah it's, it's interesting because there's also uh i received emails from alohas which is like i believe they're based in spain they're a sustainable footwear company they make really cute like boots and sandals and heels and stuff like that everything is made to order so like they don't keep they 
for the most part don't quote me on that they do i think keep some stock but a lot of it is like made on demand by demand okay for like certain styles of footwear so their whole thing with black friday is like they did have discounts but it was on a like made to order basis like you were put on the list for your you know shoes or whatever and they similarly had a campaign that was like let's let's all opt out of black friday together i don't know i find black friday to be like very overwhelming now and like my friend and i were shopping on the friday just like you know browsing around looking for for deals and stuff on like things that we were actually like you know already looking for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i just was how many newsletters were coming into my inbox i was like oh my god like this makes me not want to shop because it's just like i feel like i'm being bombarded (laughs) i feel like you need to unsubscribe from a couple of emails (laughs) that's which like black friday (laughs) is good for knowing who you no longer want to be in their email list but yeah i I yeah why why do we do black friday in canada i don't like that it's exhausting and yeah yeah not not a big fan of that but do you think the the way you buy things has changed since like getting married or having your own house yeah for yeah so i mean i moved into my own house when i was 18 years old it was the summer after first year that i actually moved into the townhouse that i still live in and granted i lived with roommates for years like i think our last roommate finally moved out after (laughs) hugo was born but it it opened this whole new world of of like purchases for me especially when it came to the house like house purchases are oh you can get lost in it and it's wonderful because now it's not just clothing yourself it's clothing your house and decor and things for your kitchen things for your living room accessories you know and and then with getting married that meant well Tilo and I joined our expenses and our finances and those expenses they come first now and even with Hugo we do want to have more kids eventually so it's no longer just the right now that we consider or that I you know before I would just consider right now I had savings for you know this potential future but now I have a future with meaning our family and that's our our home and what we're gonna do and I love to vacation so I save 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 so I can be like we're going to Hawaii on Maxi Mako (laughs) 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 so I mean okay so do you think because we're in two different like life stages I guess right now so do you think you'll kind of reassess how you shop and and how you you do things once you have your own house or once you get married like do you think you'll still have like luxury items that you refuse to like kind of make changes to or you know would you even consider like what would you even consider your luxe items there's a lot of questions Um, there (laughs) yeah like I mean firstly yeah I think for sure it changes particularly when you buy a house because like right now homeware stuff you know besides like maybe like a blanket for my bedroom like it's really not something that I'm like thinking about so much or like a focus of where my spending goes um versus things like clothes or experiences or vacationing or like whatever the case may be like that's more of where my spending goes right now because I'm in a stage of life where like I'm still home with my family and like I haven't moved out yet but when I like need to be investing in house stuff that obviously is going to be like a big shift with the way I shop and like I'm also in a phase now where like I'm really excited about that stage of like being able to like shop for homeware stuff because it's just like something that I haven't really been able to do outside of like university where like everything was shared and it really wasn't your stuff and like it was more just to get through university 
as far as like marriage, like, I mean, I don't think it's going to change my shopping habits that much unless kind of like you said. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, yeah, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to spend a lot because I'm going to be super rich. (laughs) But like, Gentlemen, you heard her. Yeah. My, yeah, my spending is probably going to skyrocket when I'm married because they will be probably a billionaire. (laughs) Guys, I don't think it's gonna change except for like in the ways that you said that like if there are shared expenses or like a need to like support the other person you know like there are obviously there are like factors that do come into play with that but in terms of me being like "Mm, I don't need to buy as nice clothing because I'm married like absolutely not (laughs) like I (laughs) will still have my like whatever but like buying less really nice clothing or like not as many at the same time I think it really just like to me that's like less about marriage and stuff and more about like just like what life looks like you know sure. like it's more just like maybe you have a house and like there's house expenses or like something breaks or like someone's car needs to be replaced or like there are things that like life gets in the way of those yeah. expenses but in terms of it being because I'm with somebody like I don't feel like I mean, again, I'm not really in this scenario, so, like, it's hard for me to say, like, how I would actually act, but I don't think I would be like, I'm gonna stagger my purchases, but I'm still gonna buy all of this anyways. (laughs) I'm still just gonna buy it if I have the funds to do so, but I do also think that I'm, like, pretty sensible about my spending for the most part. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge spender to begin with. Like, I definitely don't think I have, like, a shopping problem, and luxury items, I don't really feel like I have a lot of, at least not in, like, the, you know, like, this, like, designer sense. Like, I do try and buy quality over quantity, so say if there's, like, a dress from a decent store, and I know I'm gonna wear it a lot, and it's, like, $300, like, I don't think that's obscene. It, that obviously comes from, like, a pretty privileged place of like that being within my budget at the moment but like I wouldn't say I'm dropping like thousands on clothing and stuff like that but aside from that I would say my only like luxury purchase is that like I go to a pretty nice gym and that's just because I like the nice facility and it means (laughs) I can avoid anyone from my high school so like I'm okay with splurging (laughs) on a slightly nicer gym membership than I maybe need considering I basically just go on the treadmill and lift weights but what about you? (laughs) Uh, Probably my skin skincare like it's hella expensive but someone told me they'd rather spend money taking care of their skin than makeup in the future and I am sprinting with that so (laughs) and then also my kitchen gadgets I guess like I do so much baking and cooking that I really want to have good quality items that are gonna last me because I'm not buying a fucking mixer twice and so Mm -hmm. that's that's yeah those are my yeah kitchen stuff is like yeah (laughs) i feel like both of those are like good again it just goes back to what we were saying before like i feel like buying high quality things over being like if you want again this comes from a very privileged place but like if you want something and you have the means to do it right like do it right rather than doing it seven times a year actually going back to that too i'm thinking furniture maybe is one of those things that i'm not gonna buy it nice I'd rather buy it twice because between like kids and just the way we're living right now plus for me when it comes to like furniture uh, my my styles tend to change so I'm gonna buy like a decent quality but not the best quality I'm not gonna buy a chair for three grand sorry that's not happening not until like I don't think that'll Mm -hmm. ever happen because it's just that I think is silly but what's your favorite place to shop Ooh, for clothes I'm a big ASOS person um 
and they they do have like conscious conscious line now or like a conscious section which is kind of okay cool. yeah anthropology is like a big one same with free people like they really get me with their emails though sometimes like I highly question the way they style some of their stuff but like (laughs) they yeah they're big for me Cezanne I like they're like a French brand and then I like little like independent places that I find I tend to order a lot of clothes from the UK and Europe because I tend to follow a lot of Instagram people from over there and Uh, so when I see them wearing things I yeah I definitely get influenced by like I'm selective about who I follow I think but the people that I do follow I do like yeah I'm like wow I'm gonna dress exactly like that so like I I do get highly influenced by the select people that I choose to engage with on social media that's a big place for my shopping but what what are yours what are your go-to places I mean like does the grocery store count because it's up there love food shopping yeah (laughs) even though it doesn't fully count but I I mean okay so I I like home sense I find that home sense is really like almost thrifting because there's so much crap and kitschy stuff sometimes but once in a while you'll find something that is very cool and matches things and like I like the price points of of home sense especially for the home I don't like ordering stuff for for my house online I find that like it's just I don't know. I need to see it. I need to look at it. Those colors. I need to hold it. Anthropology a lot too. I, I like Zara. I do. I fucking love Zara, but specifically like Zara in Europe. Well. And then of course, Facebook Marketplace and Value Village. I was actually yep. working with one of my clients. This just remind me with the Facebook Marketplace uh, this past week, planning their December feed for Instagram. And they were using different quotes. And one of the quotes has like really kind of stuck with me and I feel like it fits into this really well, but it's go slow, live simply. And I guess that kind of brings us to thoughts on this quote and, you know, this whole idea of of less is more. So like, what do you think about this? I mean, for sure, going back to what I said about university, like I really reflected on my closet after I graduated and basically twice a year I would like comb through and donate things and sell things and like weigh what was important to keep you know in my possession in like all sense like I go through my bookshelf too so many things and really like be critical about like what stays in my space and that has really slowed over the last few years because I really try to be more intentional about my buying decisions I think we can get lost in owning too many things and the clutter Ooh, of it all mm-hmm. and like there's something to be said about how the weightlifting feeling that you get when you like purge and things are just more simple and minimal and like I read something recently that was saying that like you know I equate it with like you go to an Airbnb so you've like rented an Airbnb cottage and there is a like checkerboard and monopoly versus like you go to an Airbnb and there's a bookshelf full of books and there's a cabinet full of games and blah 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 and like you're more likely to appreciate that single like checkerboard Right. that's at that Airbnb because it's the it's the option that's presented to you and like versus having too many options you almost don't appreciate any of them when there's too much and I think that that people like you know people equate that with like you know money doesn't buy happiness and all this stuff because at the end of the day when there's too many things it's hard to like really appreciate the things you do have and really make the most of the material things in your life you know yeah and I think when you go you know when you go slowly and you live simply you end up being able to remove a lot of things that like you said they're not serving you and what you can then do is redirect your time your money your attention even your energy to things that matter most to you and 
and actually this kind of got me thinking my mom or when my parents were moving homes a few years ago they lived in in quite a large house and when they were moving they had the house stage and so they had basically anything that was extra was Mm -hmm. put into one of the garages and at the end of that process my mom got rid of like 70 percent of her stuff because she's like i lived for a month in a house that had just the bare necessities and i was happier that way and that worked a lot better for me right so that really Mm -hmm. stuck with me and i was like okay cool cool i'm gonna remember that that you know there is there is some sort of feeling of fulfillment when you don't have crap (laughs) feeling where that fulfillment can be so true and like I think yeah I think about that a lot with my bookshelf too I like a nice curated bookshelf and like I like books that are like beautifully bound and there are books that have like meaning to me but I really sometimes I like own books and I finish them and I think like did I genuinely enjoy this story like am I gonna read it again is it something that I'm like proud to display on my shelf and if it's just some like junky kind of book that I've read I like try and donate those and like, you know, bring them to Value Village because I know that's like a big hub for people to like go and buy secondhand books. I'm critical about what stays on my shelf and like in my space in that sense that it it is, does it reflect who I am? Is it like fulfilling Mm -hmm. to me? All of that stuff. Okay, so you saying that like you took this lesson from your mom about like purging stuff do you make it a priority now to purge like I know in our last episode we kind of touched upon like purging personal items when they no longer hold that like sentimental meaning or whether they like reflect who we are like how do you deal with just like the stuff though um so I want to say like I'm ruthless when it comes to purging like I love selling things again and you know of course there's this particular high associated with Facebook marketplace sales and if I remove things then like for me it means that I can upgrade if I have to or I just make room for other things and I have this theory that like associating not minimalism but just this kind of simpler living with better living and I feel significantly mm-hmm. better when it, like you said it, there's less to weigh me down I'm, I mean I'm a big fan of purging as well and like it reminds me of like do you remember in university when I came over to your house and you were cleaning your (laughs) spice cupboard and I was just like let me at it because I like yeah I am like I would agree that like I'm a pretty ruthless purger you are and I'm just like do I need this will I miss this do I know what this belongs to and like to to a fault because I've probably thrown out like pieces to things or buttons off of things because I'm like what's this garbage like piece of garbage (laughs) doing here and it's like a key piece that's like broken off something and I'm like don't need it can't remember I give myself like a three second span to remember what something belongs to and then I'm like guess it must be trash (laughs) Kim throws out her husband in 60 years (laughs) (laughs) who are you (laughs) how'd you get in my house no it just reminded me of that that time that I throw all your spices out but yeah I guess on that note that wraps up the first segment of the show yeah so now it's time for the philomath Okay, so today we're talking about, well, actually, like, I was combing through something, and I found this huge list of, like, just obscure kind of shopping facts, and I was like, okay, some of these are funny, some of these made me be like, what? In the Kim voice, and so here, without further ado, seven facts about shopping and all things shopping. Oh my god, I'm excited. Okay, number one, the oldest customer service complaint was written on a clay cuneiform tablet in mesopotamia four thousand years ago in it a customer named nani complains that he was sold inferior copper ingots 
Oh my god, that's I okay, actually like relating to this, uh you there a 4, was year old complaint. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've been dwelling on this for a while. No, um I was in it's the in the Roman baths in Bath like England. Okay. Um yeah. they have copper inscribed complaints and insults and stuff. But it's so funny because like when you actually look at cave writings and stuff like that, some of them just say like Olga has a nice butt. Like yeah. some of them are so funny <laughs> because like humans have just always been humans and they've like always been looking for something to complain about. Yeah, I know. I think when you when you have this idea of Neanderthals and and primitive peoples nobody ever like thinks that they're funny but i'm sure they were funny and i'm sure there was a lot of comedy involved and making people laugh like that's such a when you take everything else away you have you know anger and happiness and laughter and and i think the the laughter part of it even in my own imaginings of of ancient peoples i don't think too often that they were laughing too so that's a nice yeah that's a nice oh here i okay so i pulled up like a photo i had from the roman baths and they were basically like it looks like aluminum and they were like inscribed on some of them say things like this one says dosimedes says the thief should lose his mind and his eyes okay <laughs> or like the person who the person who has stolen my bronze pot is utterly accursed yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like some of them are just in one this one names the culprit who has stolen my bracelet that is so hilarious so they're and they're just yeah they're so so petty and they're just on these little pieces of like metal that they've been like Aww. etched into, I'm into but that. anyways it just reminded me Good of that job, so, as Romans. a side note yeah <laughs> two thousand yeah. years and going strong okay so, yeah <laughs> number two on the pacific island of vanuatu some villages still use pigs and seashells as currency in fact there's an indigenous bank there that uses a unit of currency called levatu and its value is equivalent to a boar's tusk interesting okay wait but like so seashells as currency yeah go you find catch money. me at the beach all the time yeah, i, I just be like the... just i'm just going to the bank <laughs> i'm sure it's like for specific seashells probably you know, they have to have a value which means that they have to be more rare which is like the basis of currency or pre-currency currency anyways but true okay. true true number so three. i can't just like fill no. a bucket with seashells so. and be like ah, i'm rich i think there's specific <laughs> shells yeah okay. okay number three sears used to sell build your own homes in its mail order catalogs my cottage was actually mail ordered that is amazing it was like a kit and it came and you just slotted all the pieces together but i did actually know that about sears that you could buy homes in sears and they were like so cheap too because like homes were you know something people could actually afford back in the day (laughs) Ah, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) history my cottage was a kit that you could order that's so cool and it came on like logging trucks from bc i think oh that's amazing cool cool i feel like the real life connection okay number four uh, the first shopping catalog, speaking of catalogs, appeared way back in the 1400s when an Italian publisher named Aldos Manichuas compiled a hand-printed catalog of the books that he produced for sale and he passed it out at town fairs. So good for you, Aldous, getting getting the catalogs. And actually, do you know what the first product is number five, but do you know the first product ever sold by mail order? I don't. What is that? Welsh flannel interesting i don't know how i feel about that is the very first like mail order <laughs> welsh welsh flannel like just the flannel i'm just like Ugh. okay that's no. funny number six in the late 1800s in corn utah you could buy 
legal divorce papers from a vending machine for $2.50. That's really funny. I feel like there's some weird things you can get in vending machines throughout the world. Yeah, there are. But like that one, you know what? Divorce lawyers apparently like, you know, it's an arm and a leg to go through them. So I feel like that would solve a lot of problems if you're just like, here you go. <laughs> Got you I mean, my, my freelance, My freelance contract in a vending machine people can buy. What? I said I would put my freelancing. Oh my god! I they said I have, machine. and I was like, "What the fuck? Where?" <laughs> oh yeah! Surprise! We another real life connection. Yeah. <laughs> I saw my freelancing contract in a vending machine. No, I said I would. I would share it with people if they want to pay to buy it out of a vending machine. There's been lots of ideas. Like vending machines as a concept are are pretty strong. But I know that Laurier University, where Kim and I both attended, they have like a contest every year for their business students and. One of the runners up for one of the the venture like the business competitions, yeah, that they had somebody had come up with like a vending machine for like school supplies and things that you need while living on campus. But I don't think it won. So, yeah, I remember that. that being a thing that almost made it to campus. You could yeah. buy like toothpaste and stuff. Yeah. In it. I think it eventually did, like, a couple years later. It did yeah, make what, it, but, but it I don't was think it lasted. Graduated. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, our fourth year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do remember that being, like, a thing. No, it I think it was, concourse. like, your your year working at Laurier after when I was... Oh. We were both working at Laurier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. Okay, number seven. Some of the oldest known writing in the world includes a 5,000-year-old receipt inscribed on a clay tablet. It was for clothing that was sent by boat from ancient Mesopotamia to Dulmun... Or current day Bahran. Oh my god, I love that. Do you keep your your receipts? receipts? No, not really. I actually, I keep a lot of my, I weirdly keep all my online receipts because I'm always like, what if I have to return it or like need the information? But like if I go to a physical store and they give me a receipt, I throw the receipt out. Or I ask for not, like not for them not to yeah i don't like the me, printed but if it's ones an, but i really should like go through and purge my own needs because i have like receipts from years ago that like i probably don't even have some of the stuff anymore that it like pertains to but nor would it be returnable at this point but i always just keep them just in case i don't i keep a lot for work like because obviously for taxes like we need receipts and then we always keep all the receipts from christmas because i like to know what kind of damage we're doing with receipts. oh yeah yeah so that's and then those just for, two like, occasions yes like for stuff. work yeah yeah for work i like obviously because i need that for like tax reasons so i do keep receipts for that and at christmas time i do like to like just to make sure you know you're trying to spend a certain amount on certain people and like to keep track of not otherwise i think i would go crazy and i'd be like oh my god when did i spend 300 dollars?" because i'm just like they want this yeah and they need this and like i just need to like slow my roll a little bit so it's yeah. good to keep, keep tabs on myself yeah no that is uh yeah you almost see like google alerts being like ah 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 yeah <laughs> we're doing stop <laughs> but anyways yeah so this yeah. does conclude our episode for today so like we mentioned before if you do have any christmas holiday gift related anything to do with this time of the year or of course the dreaded new year's eve because i do think that there is a dreaded part of new year's eve and i can't wait to get to that then please send us a message tell us your funny or horrible story we can't wait to hear it and yeah we'll we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks Bye. Bye.